Uh, All right, I just hit record. Start whenever, warm up whenever. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gender non-conforming people that uh, don't do weird Steven Universe shit at me. today it's been several several weeks into the future uh since our last recording and since we're unstuck in time i really don't like being timely on the podcast but uh some things happen in america you may or may not know about maybe maybe you don't post good on you you're normal you're healthy you don't have uh, one of those brains that looks like a Walmart in the Midwest where a bunch of the lights are going out and those sort of electrical storms that are visible under a brain scan, you know, they're not happening for you. You're, you're regular. Uh, so there was some shit happening in the Capitol. Uh, it is what it is. Who can say? Hopefully Patriot 2 doesn't happen. Probably will. Uh, 2021 going to be a much weirder time. So I feel it's probably best to sort of go inward, not in the egoist way, but, uh, externalizing, externalizing it uh, for yourself, for others. And what better way than a time honored tradition of cleaning oneself? You know, people are getting depressed lately also. Because as of uh, this recording, something of a massive disease happening, a plague, if you will, people are getting fucking depressed. Uh, imagine how you feel right now and extrapolate this shit to next year. And, uh, you know, see if you're the same person. Likely not. But how do you make your mind into a strong knife? Well, you develop yourself and you develop skills. And... I know one man, one man who has always developed himself and developed his skills. And that is a one Ruben Boop, whose last name I won't recite out loud. He's vaping right now. He lives in the zone. He may have been born in the zone. Ruben, what the fuck is soap? We're talking about soap today, buddy. Um, <laughs> technically. Uh, the Making your own soap? Definition of, well, we're talking about making soaps, uh, soap in general. Uh, I mainly wanted to bring it up um, just because you all wanted to talk about it more than my other off topics. Uh, there was technically uh, an incident a while ago that made me rethink uh, what chemicals that I bring into the house and then use here uh, to just get past the incident in general. Someone accidentally made mustard gas, and I was the only person that knew you. that's what makes mustard gas. Uh, and I had to oh. go and deal with that really quick. So then, someone mixed an acid uh, and a bleach. Is there is there any uh, worth in going into further detail on that? Or yeah, uh, it was just someone was cleaning the bathroom and then okay. had to mix two substances. Because very they were classic. Like, yeah, Windex. Windex is tight, and and some bleach was around, and then okay. it started foaming. And I was that's like, true. And I was like, doesn't sound right. You should be able to breathe uh, around that stuff when like all the windows are open and stuff. That's kind of 
and then it became a thing really quickly. Uh, but off the back of that, uh, that's why I came up with this, just to mention uh, like some household cleaners recommendations kind of in general. Um, but first, uh, just to define what kind of soap we're talking about, since there are industrial applications for soap, domestically soap is a surfactant used for washing and bathing. For our purposes, we're focusing on these aspects of soap. So uh, when uh, cleaning, soap makes particles and dirt dissolvable in water. So microorganisms in your hands also get wrecked, and soap creates an emulsion uh, with oil so that water can carry it away easily. Uh, there are like applications for soap to be lubricants, industrial applications, and stuff like that. Uh, just so people know there are other things uh out there but we're just at home with this one um i was gonna try and have more soap thoughts than that um but it was mainly the um fear of poisoning people that oh, kind of oh. Are I'll, well, yeah I'll, I'll i'll cut in and say this is how i i started talking to you again recently last year for early yeah, like pretty regularly as on the daily and discords and stuff and I, it was it, it was noted to me uh that you are like on some uh and off the back of your of your house cleaning incident i now learn you were on some a serious like let's have a, a castile soap that you can use for like every single type of cleaning type thing um and that was that's what intrigued me is that uh you know there's all these different types of products and you know not to cite the only other castile thing but you kind of dr bronner's the situation from what i understand and oh, yeah. talk a little bit about that oh yeah i was getting into uh that's just when i started getting the cast deals when i was bringing it back then uh to well a it was just the more available type because i didn't really want hand soaps uh liquid soap that you could then uh dilute for specific purposes so we're like multi-purpose cleaners um we have all like vinyl flooring so i usually use that for mopping instead of anything else also closer to cat safe or pet friendly uh, that way by just having all the floors be a hard mopped um, by diluting Castile soap. Also, we believe to some degree uh, when summer rolls around and the roaches start coming in, we can use uh, one infused with lavender oil and that kind of helps with that problem because we have it on good authority that our fucking shitty neighbors are hiring external roach spraying, which is causing roaches to run away from their house, but no one else is doing it at the same time formally. Um, so you get more garbage as a result, seemingly. Uh, and it's not a it's not a cleanliness thing. I, I used to live in the south. Everyone gets roaches, not like oh sure yeah they show not up like everything. not like extensively like up and down the walls, but it's just it's because of the, just the nature of how many there are. Now yeah. the higher income you are, the less roaches you're gonna see. But I mean, it, it's possible for it to be manageable. But you have, you have to really go out of your way if you're not making hella money to keep the roaches out. All right. Um, let's see. I wasn't really going to get uh, straight into any history of soap. I don't know how much that would matter. Soap, uh, you know, was, uh, I think our first discovered instance uh, of soaps would be that the Babylonians uh, were making soap 2800 BC. Um, of course, soap is just uh, fats boiled in ashes. More or less, there's some variant of that you could uh create soap from there are other ways uh like with tallow or animal fats and things like that um but i wasn't well yeah too far into those everyone knows that from fight club Cold all right training. oh fuck me <laughs> wait all right no thumbnail with the with the outstretched hand and it just simply says soap club that is verboten i will quit the podcast this is soap club now 
That there's like the the little yellow text, like I'm going to become Soap Club. So like, wait, I'm curious. Was there a, a moment where you were like, okay, I have to get rid of X Y Z products that I have in my house, and to replace them, I'm going to turn to. Uh, you would you would fill that part in. Uh, correct. No, that was essentially how it uh, boiled down to of just trying to get out, uh, remove every other chemical. Also, just for cat purposes, because I just want to generally be um, safe for a little kitty there. Um, but yeah, uh, I couldn't really think of much else. I just heard more or less some people using Castile soap, but not to any degree. So I looked into it to see how well I could just see uh, if it would act as a general replacement for 80% of applications. It's probably, um, I also was using it for body wash for a while, um, but also it's a little severe. So I can only use it sometimes, uh, specifically with my like uh, oilier skin type. Uh, it's a lot. It works for me. It can't work, doesn't work for my partner unless it's more severely diluted. And then that becomes kind of too much to uh, manage in that case. Uh, so I was trying to go all the way in on it and just be like, what if I just bought one fucking soap? And yeah, uh, yeah. For anything that doesn't solve, I, I would go for like a multi-purpose, like an ethanol-based cleaner. Because um, even though you couldn't spray that on an animal, that doesn't really leave a trace behind. It's just like alcohol derivative-based cleaners. Um. But more on, uh, when you buy soap at a store, uh, you'd also have to notate that most body cleansers, liquid or solid, are actually synthetic detergent products. Uh, that's why if you buy Castile soap, you're getting an oil-based uh, soap uh, instead of, uh, you know, any, any kind of chemical reproduction of what would still make suds. Um, mainly Does it for qualify as organic just on its own? Or mm. I guess probably kind of. In these terms, I don't really have something as organic or inorganic. I mean, right, 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 right. Yeah. They, I guess at that synthetic, point, I'm kind of conceding to marketing. Yeah, yeah. They're they're kind of hmm hmm hmm. Where are they drawing the line at? They're kind of more or less drawing the line at like the FDA would would say it's based on purpose. So technically, they don't care between detergent and soap unless the purpose is like if it's not for human use versus it is for human use. So if it's supposed to be used on skin, uh, you know, or people, uh, then they would be like, that's called soap. And then it's kind of wishy-washy at that point, uh, what you can call soap. Uh, so typically, uh, they have the regulations or guidelines for what con consolidate, consolidates, for what is considered soap. Constitutes. Constitutes soap. Baby. It has to be a composition of primarily alkali sal salts of fatty acids. Um and then what ingredients cause the cleaning action. So to be regulated as soap, those components also have to be the cleaning action. You can't uh, incorporate other chemicals that actually do the cleaning so that your soap's way cooler than other soaps for no reason. Um, but you introduce a variety of other acids or, or base components that would uh, cause... I want to touch back on something that Jake was speaking about for a moment. Yeah. Is there foam? Is there like suds on your Castile? Like... Oh. Like oh yeah! You put that bar in your hand. Now you can't see this podcast, uh, listeners. It's, not, but it's usually like a little, right? I'm doing the little little hands rubbing together. Like hmm. what what happens when we do this with Castile soap? No, oh, yeah, the the sudding. They're they're still sudsing. It's not any different than other soaps. There just aren't. Um, I think it'd be sulfates that cause like uh finer micro bubbles, or closer to like what toothpaste could look like. Uh, yeah. Mm. So it's, have you ever it's, seen Doctor Bronner's Michelle? No, the, like like the actual like a, man on the street, like hey, Doc. Uh, no, I would love to see. Here, here, I'd love to see Doctor. It would be like, like oh, meeting Mr. Peanut, you know. 
it's this it's this soap that comes in a bottle that is wrapped in text uh but the soap itself is like a very liquidy oily soap oh um, and it, has it's, one. it's yeah, it it's, it's marketed as an 18-in-1 use of soap. So they, the whole thing is one. you can use this. That's why I was intrigued in the first place when Ruben mentioned Castile as well, is that like uh, I wanted to go deep on what all one actually means yeah, for, for this yeah. type of a soap. Um, but Dr. Dr. Broder's in itself is nuts. Yeah, crazy. Like, interesting dude. I was looking him up. <clears throat> he was actually... Uh, <laughs> he was like he's like a cannabis activist. He's mm-hmm. like a total hippie dude. Like he's <laughs> he's everything you imagine him to be based on the bottle. Uh, because I don't know. Yeah. So to 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 inform Michelle and then by you know the rest of the podcast, these bottles are are full of just absolute proselytizing text. Um, on the label that is just I it's like very crazy. Uh, uh almost uh, what's it called? Uh. Uh, it's just preacher esque. It looks uh, like if evangelical preacher esque type vibes. If Infowars made soap, if Infowars made soap, is what it looks like. Nah, showing it's not, it it's not malicious. It's more just like we're all one. It's very hippie ish. Yeah, it's very, it's very in yeah. line with. Uh, we all are in this for Spaceship Earth. Very uh, Ram Dass type type activities. Oh, okay. Um, so seemingly, the there was a the the storyline that goes around why all of their um, tenets uh, of soapism are on the fucking bottle is because it was a church that was making these originally. Uh, they were making yeah. steel soap. Everyone wants to show up, and you could only buy the soap if you stayed for the sermons. And then once you got some of it, then you could go home. And then it's like people just aren't listening. They just want to buy my fucking soap. And like they were kind of giving it away. And then like at a certain point, people were just like, just let me fucking buy it. I want to leave. Yeah. No. <laughs> then once Dr. uh once I could actually Dr. get a so then he was like, and then I will I will put all of my teachings on the soap bottles. And we have a good probably like it's like 30 paragraphs. All it's over a the lot bottle. of words. None of these uh, are even, like it's in the bathroom, right? It's next to the toilet, so you will eventually read that shit. It's, oh, everyone it's reads one it. One of the most successful uh, modes of proselytizing I can think of. I definitely remember where I was when I first read a bottle of Doctor Bronner's soap. It was like, what the heck? What is this? Let's see. There's a section of ten steps of text. These are the only instructions about the soap on the entire bottle. The remainder of the bottle is regenerative organic agriculture builds rich soil, sequesters carbon, retains and stores water. Love your farmer and cool the climate crisis. And it just keeps going after it makes it's any pretty huge. Yeah. The most it's, important I mean, part of the instructions are when he says dilute, dilute, dilute. Okay. That's so good. And then also, yeah, and that's that's where they also list off uh, what type of cleaning purposes you'd have uh, for mopping, laundry use, um, shaving. Use it just as a replacement of any, uh, you know, like you could just lather with this and then just go tan with the razor. Mm. Just looking at the wiki real quick for a period of time, Bronner ran the company as a tech tax exempt religious organization. But yeah. was found out to be out of compliance with this designation <laughs> and was levied with 1.3 million in back taxes in 1985. Yeah, I and think that Jim Bronner, Emmanuel's son, began to work for the company and recapitalized it as a for-profit company in 1998. Wow, wow, what a this dude got away for like 40 years with the religious soap company scam. I have to respect try, it. Try to imagine, try to imagine any. Any of the televangelists, like any of the lower-hanging southern ones with multiple television stations uh, that are 
clearly like not pro climate or whatever getting away with that shit like like every time every time there is a riot or like the police kill someone uh who is black like they will be selling the slot buckets for like three hundred dollars oh, on sure. televangelist networks just imagine imagine <laughs> imagine if they ever got hit with that shit I know this. Is cra- I mean, but this is just like this guy just made soap, and then he sold it as a church, which means he had a tax-free soap company. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is it, it a scam? Like, I, that's what I'm saying. It's not. It's not, and that's what you respect. Yeah, he seems it's, like it's a true very much a. I, I do. I do think that as well. I think it's a very unique positioning of of the rules, right? Um where he was able to do that. It's it's unfortunate that they ended up having to pay the back taxes, but I hope that it wasn't that much for them. Um doesn't like, seem like it would like be. Like what kind of church what kind of church particularly uh did Bronner like run? Was it like a, one of those secular like non-denominational everyone welcome sort of deals? Uh, it seems sort like of. That, yeah. uh, I forget what they called it. I don't think it's called oneism or something like that. All one. All one. Yeah, Eliza said that earlier. It's all mm-hmm. one, yeah. Oh, that was the name of it. Oh, I thought that was just what they called his messaging. But yeah, it's like a philosophy. We're all we're all in it together here on Spaceship Earth, so we all should. Uh, oh, he was a uh, he fled the he fled the Holocaust. Yep. His parents. Yeah, yeah, he's the, the original Doctor Bronner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a family company too. So there's a lot of like Broders that have been in charge of it. As I've looked at this. Yeah, Emmanuel was third generation of soap makers to his family, so that's why he has the good soap. All right, so that's like it's it's a business that's been around that that actually carries a legacy of of you know I, that was around for a long time. When you guys say Bronner, uh, I won't go on too big of a tangent here, but I immediately think of Frankenmuth, Michigan, uh, the Bronner family who owns the world's largest Christmas store. Uh, Basically open every day of the year except Christmas. Uh, the every every like Disney high end thing that costs like three hundred to four hundred dollars uh, that or upwards of that that's basically like jewelry is sold there wholesale. Uh, if you've ever seen. The act of killing that one guy who basically owns all of those. I kind of <laughs> bought it from there, but yeah, the Broder family owns everything in that town. the The car dealerships, the the chicken. It, obviously, it's a different Broder family. I was gonna say, yeah, it, it must be right. The car dealerships to to the restaurant that sells chicken. Uh, just a weird, weird, completely different form of Bronner. Like there were two Bronners once and like there is the, the, the soap hippy dippy types. And then there's the people that are like, uh, Frankenmuth, AKA little Bavaria. It's wild, but, uh, sorry, get on, get on that little bit of tangent there, Ruben, but, uh, <laughs> shout terms, outs to the other Bronners, shout outs to the other Bronners, uh, in terms of utility for your soaps, like, you say your partner doesn't use it, you use it. Uh, do you ever do like variations? Do you ever fuck around with your soaps? <laughs> fuck around with my soaps. Can you be a little more specific? 
I mean, you know, you're you're like Walter White. You're you're like this. This is this is not good you're enough. Standing over the vat of soap. Um, I mean, uh, one Jesse, we need to make soap. The only thing I did was technically when quarantine started, um, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to spray down my groceries with. I didn't have anything to spray down my groceries with. Um, I, I thought I heard something from um, the SARS outbreak. Is that what it was called? It was. It was. It was uh, also referred to colloquially as the swine flu. Swine flu. I couldn't remember their name. Um, but from I thought I remember from that. Or bird flu. Using a mix of soap and alcohol to make a more effective like coating for gloves, because it would dry faster and, and clean the surface. And then when you leave the soap behind, uh, kind of like when you do uh, salt dipping on masks. Remember how that works? If you salinize a, a mask, a cloth mask, so that when uh, air hits it that was moist and potentially infected, it would recrystallize the salt and deactivate any virus hitting it. So it was a similar idea to that where you could like get a dry coat of soap on things and then it would kill it to come in contact with that. So I was wearing soap-coated gloves. I was using alcohol soap blend to spray down all groceries and stuff until there was more information on how COVID worked. Uh, so now it doesn't have to be that extreme, um, but I was doing a lot of that, using my trunk as like a sanitation station uh, to coat all groceries uh, with that kind of substance. Yeah, uh, I guess in the time that that a lot of people, like initially when a lot of it started, we didn't know a lot. So it was up in the air whether or not you could get it straight up from touching stuff. And so uh, there was a lot of bleaching of stuff. Even right now, the, the store I go to, uh, they they still bleach their baskets, and I guess it's not that bad. They've diluted it, and it's not to the point where everyone is just, it's like yeah. in your eyeballs, that smell. But uh, it's been proven now, or at least proven air quotes as, as much as we know, because the new variants are coming right. out right. and whatnot. And uh, basically, it's an aerosol uh transmission mainly uh, i have not played plague inc uh coincidentally despite like buying it that's as a result because boy howdy talk about a fucking drag uh that said yeah, they uh, had to make a new version of pandemic i think or what was the game i think plague inc it was actually they made a new version that was just about like stopping a virus instead of spreading it <laughs> Uh, because the year was just like tanking their sales. I mean, yeah, that, uh, dear, dear listeners, <laughs> as you may or may not know, people don't like this disease. This disease fucking sucks. They're not fans of it. They don't like it. Uh, people they know have, have died of it. Because when the protagonist finds these tapes in, 300 years and listens to them if if we don't do this environmental storytelling he's not going to know what the fuck happened yeah it's true basically what was covid what was covid skeleton I mean, on a toilet it's <laughs> yeah. been the, it's been the looming thing it's the one thing i haven't wanted to talk to you guys about uh during this whole thing because no one wants to really talk about it because we're up to our fucking eyeballs in it uh, and shit. I know activists who basically uh, have been speaking to one another, 
and basically saying I'm tired of the first eight minutes of every meeting being like not the activism we're supposed to be doing, but instead, oh, how are we feeling? Should you check in? It's like you can do that afterwards, man. Like we all fucking feel like shit. No one's happy. Yeah, everything yeah. sucks ass. Uh, what? Where, where? Where? Where does this energy go other than down? Uh, that said, you know it's not all bad. Uh, cultivating the self as opposed to curling into a ball and just sort of going uh, fetal for long periods of time. Uh, doing something with yourself, I think, is how like. I would argue new stuff happens also. Not the not the 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 platitude of you know Shakespeare wrote a great many sonnets uh, or this person or that person wrote their greatest works. It's just, you know, hey, maybe maybe you are a nihilist jackass now. Maybe you realize the value of life now. Maybe not. Maybe this will just uh, make you worse. You know what? Focusing yourself on a discipline of any sort and getting it through to its logical conclusion, no matter what, being goal-oriented is a thing you should practice in your daily life. I I have trouble trying to do that somehow. Like soaps, that sounds like something you could do because uh, we are all around household chemicals all the fucking time. And it seems like a lot of the stuff you work with is... Uh, relatively inexpensive like you know you don't have to get into specifics but like are you using an arm and a leg making this shit Hmm. so that's a better question i mean in terms of cost you could definitely spend less using more uh industrial uh sided cleaners Uh, i'll just classify those essentially as bleach and ammonia being the most common uh, of which that you would encounter um, so you are paying a bit of a premium to get into soap, uh, regardless of how much it could be distilled. I haven't found it useful enough to to like stop using like detergent for laundry, for instance. Uh, the trade-off would be like $35 for a gallon of Castile soap. Seemingly can't make enough soap that is guaranteed uh, to like be cheaper. I'll be using enough anyway that would uh, just rival the cost. Uh, of how much detergent would be anyway. Surgeon's $15 for a fucking gallon and a half container uh, with a spigot on it, then a gallon uh, of Castile doesn't stretch beyond that. Um, so I'm, I'm still, I haven't really worked on it in a long time to figure out if there's a better ratio I could get to for that. Uh, so like, uh, I think you also have to introduce vinegar at some point with washing clothes to actually get it to turn over and become profitable because vinegar... Is something that I have, but it's not as general purpose. Uh, that's more specific instances of like, mm, uh, like drain cleaning or certain kinds of disinfectant or cleaning uh, some parts of the kitchen. Um, I also have one other technical uh, industrial sanitizer. I use Red Star sanitizer, which is a restaurant a germicidal uh, kind of quality thing. But that's for uh, because I pack cold brew. Uh, in large quantities or concentrated, uh, like twice folded, triple folded cold brew. So I can make eight cups of cold brew that you could dilute into like 16 to 24 cups of coffee. Um, so the jar needs to be clean for it to sit in the fridge for three weeks. Um, oh, wait. Um, how long does the, are we getting to the, how long does the $35 uh, gallon like actually last you? 
Oh, so let's see. Uh, if I do by comparison, so a more typical bottle would be a 32 fluid ounce bottle. Also because right. I like to rotate between the different flavors they have. They got like a ravender, uh, rose, tea tree, uh, and then like an unflavored one that's for babies or, or whatever. And that's usually I would use on the floor, uh, sans roaching, uh, so that the cat can't possibly get any um, soap on them. But say a 32 ounce bottle uh, for general household applications is lasting at least six months, um, if not longer. I haven't had to buy a lot of new bottles. I probably had three or four nice. of these. It's been over a year. So I'd say a gallon is at least a year supply. If it was 100% what you're using without anything else, it would probably fall just under that. Um, but nice. as I said, uh, there's still purpose for ethanol-based uh, multi-purpose cleaners. Um, and that's just for quicker jobs or things you don't want to have to wash twice because ethanol is just going to fly away. If there's soap, it's usually a soap layer on and then a water wiping it off um, so that I don't leave uh, streaks. I'm looking for. Yeah, so I just don't leave shit behind that the cat can try and get on. In terms of, uh, I guess, what you gravitate towards when, when let's say you were, when you before the before times when you weren't soap pilled, Ruben. Uh, he, he's choking on his vape. You can't see it, folks. Uh, but we... it's, you just have introduced into my canon as a person that I'm always pilled about the thing I'm doing at any given time. <laughs> well, no, Mahjong pilled for the last two years. Coming out of that, I'm now grill pilled. You are actually, you actually do fit like the legal definition of grill pilled. Expand uh, on that. Well, okay. <laughs> you keep saying it to me. So, all right. Matt Christman sort of, Matt Christman of the podcast Chapo Trap House. I don't, I don't want to do a word for word, but essentially you have developed yourself as a person into disciplines and, and actions within the world uh, versus posting and by by extension posturing about the things you feel strongly about for example you could say someone engaged in activism or whatever who didn't spend all of their time doing it online necessarily but were uh, doing say direct action mm -hmm. and when you do see their social media uh they're mainly posting about the shit they're doing in their day versus like say the sole, their sole point of entry for activism being online. Now, whether or not it is completely correct, because there's this kind of gray area with that, uh, mass engagement we know now is uh, com completely leads to tangible results. You could argue that uh, Donald Trump was made president because of people being incredibly online and his own being incredibly online and that posting does lead to outcomes, not necessarily great outcomes. Uh, but the, the, the idea of being grow pilled is essentially that you want your outcomes to spill forth from being initiated in the real world, which, uh, generally I can get behind because honestly, uh, interacting with people and, uh, doing principled action, as opposed to, you know, having a very strong lexicon of words and being able to articulate that, but it just staying there and that energy staying there 
uh, because girl, uh, you could argue that Chapel Chap House is, and I wouldn't, uh, as a uh, fucking critical thing, but you could make the argument that those those people's fan bases is it, it's like somewhere in the ballpark of a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand people, and it just stays there. There aren't like Chapo candidates for office or whatever the fuck. It just stays there. And the idea that is that you should move your life forward in the ways that are meaningful to you. Like that, I can generally get behind. I don't agree with everything the podcast says, this or that, but it's like just a podcast. I don't think it's like some apocalyptic event. It's just a podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. But that said, uh, in terms of being grow-pilled, like, I think you fit the mold. Like, you are like my dad. He grilling? Are we to take grilling as sort of the opposite of posting? Yes. Yes, generally. Yes, I could be yes. fucking this up, and people could be mad. I, I, I don't care. Uh, that, is, that is the best I can describe it. It's, I not, like this. it's not like an ethos to just keep saying over and over again, because that wouldn't be... In the yeah. spirit of that thing, you gotta know what you it's gotta know. Stand with, behind if you say is, you're grilling. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think I generally I can get behind that as a, you know, be about your work and doing your work as opposed to posturing about it. It but, describes a process of maturation where you stop caring about theory as much as you care about material conditions. Ooh, ooh, yep, totally. Yeah, I think theory can be foundational. Uh, and reading inspiring thought uh, can lead to inspiring action, but the the end point must be action. Right. And if I had a if I had a critique of left media, left theory, it would be the same. I would leverage against uh, right wing theory and liberal theory, which is that. Well, maybe not right wing theory. Uh, but that it just stays in theory. It just stays in theory and people are endlessly caught up in arguments, argumentation as though they are Socrates and I don't know, some other, uh, Roman philosopher who is also a pedophile of some description, uh, arguing out, holistic methods versus you know materialist methods for outcomes and the energy simply stays there and it does not inspire a principled action or or uh, anything beyond that like ruben ruben in my mind is sort of the way forward to me ruben just does his shit he's not hyper political but when he does have a belief uh, it's less. It's less like reading uh fucking uh like Adolf Reed, and it's more like reading uh Beavis and Butthead. It's it rocks or it sucks. And honestly, uh, of the two, you would you would probably want to be Beavis and Butthead as an American in this situation because uh American academia, American media. Uh, it sucks its own dick a lot. There's, there's no, there's no, there's no academic way for me to say this. Uh, it, it's, it's all sales messaging. 
it's built in marketing it's, it's, all, it's all sales messaging it's all branding this is this is a man i can't sell fucking anything <laughs> like, like he knows how he feels <laughs> and he knows what he likes He's a hard sell. This is true. Yeah. Uh, the, the things we, 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 we can like engage with and talk about won't be political. It will be, uh, one, developing the self, making soaps, video games. If I am playing a video game, Ruben will tell me four video games I should be playing instead of that fucking video game. And you will outline the rules, uh, Gameplay style, lack thereof, etc. Uh, you just play bad games. There are better things to do with your time when you're wasting your time. It's just a fact. Like what? What? what just at a certain point, design's no longer. Uh, at a certain point, design is objective. There is a subjective part of what you enjoy to do, um, but there are also objective aspects of their things that could be made badly. So that's that's why I give you grievous shit about the games that you should be playing. Uh, not recognizing why Rogue Company is better than other shooters, for example. Um, trying to sell more people on Fortnite, you should just stop trying to sell other people. Hey, Ruben, Ruben, well, you take back what I said. I got this motherfucker to play Fortnite. As soon as I was I playing, playing with the Master Chief skin, he was in, baby. I was we played in Dark Gold. Gold. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is Halo marketing got Ruben to play Fortnite. Halo, well, I, Halo. I was in Fortnite. Hey. So I, we started playing Fortnite before uh, the Master Chief uh, DLC, before the Master Chief skins came out and all that, because there must be something good about it, and it's probably just not me spending enough time in it. And there is something that's fine about it. I think what people, a few people I've seen, have had a take on it that Fortnite came around to. It's essentially just like playing like with action figures with your friends. Yeah. And, yeah. And instead of trying to say, oh, you shouldn't play any fucking other BRs, don't waste your time. I am thoroughly in the that. minority, apparently, when I say that I don't like building in Fortnite, because fucking everyone else No, I've said that. No, no one. We all it fucking it. sucks. No one wants it. I want blood in Fortnite, and I don't want but building in Fortnite. Dismember it will never happen. I have to make uh, peace with that. We need Lieutenant Price in Fortnite as the Sony crossover character. Um, yes. A bit off the bat, uh, but I mean well, that's, that's fine. That's but uh, in terms of that being me being uh, grill pilled uh, uh, by way of uh, being able to enjoy Fortnite, but also tell you, you have bad taste in games. Uh, I mean, it's just I just like to work in absolutes in certain things. Uh, it's not for lack of trying that I'm not very political. It's just like when my friends are like, "Man, read this book," you know, that's how you're that's how you be a socialist about things and stuff. And it really just kind of boils down to there there are morally uh, upright things that are above all else uh, it doesn't matter what any kind of god you might like or any kind of uh, holy mm. that you have uh, you know there are things that you do that are correct and are incorrect you're a uni you're a universal truths guy <laughs> just don't put a phrase on it you're now trying to now i have to go look that up to see if it's bad no 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 <laughs> oh you don't know about the universal truths guys Oh, oh my hey, motherfucker! I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a, a phenomenon you might know. Uh, online is uh, a new type of guy. Yes, yeah. basically mm -hmm. a guy that is perverted in a specific sort of way, or this or that. Mm -hmm. uh, Ostensibly, the new type of guy is to be canceled. Well, or not canceled, or discussed. 
I wouldn't maybe not disgust, but like confusion, because you have to arrive at the conclusions that made someone the way they were. Ruben simply is, and to that end, I it it's interesting to me because I don't think of Ruben as being hyper similar to my father because every time Ruben has spoken to my father, uh, he's fucking alienated him. He's insulted my brother. I think he's annoyed a past girlfriend, uh, but like it's flat across the board. I was incredibly nervous introducing Ruben to Eliza because this is like an old, old friend, uh, knows a lot of cool people, incredibly intelligent, uh, done a lot of amazing things. And Ruben, it, it does not matter. Same flat reaction across the board to everyone. And yeah, I, I, it's not like I want to like fucking study you, but at the same time, uh, you are, are so specific a person that, uh, to me, when, when I think about like soaps or you being into carving or this or that, you you kind of feel like, like a, like a throwback to, uh, people that are very into, to person, personal, um, actions but uh the ego isn't involved and i think that's very important i i think of like the arts and crafts movement uh in socialism and that being a thing i think of civil engineers and socialism uh as a thing i i don't want to really get too deeply into political stuff but the, in terms of lines i've i've like studied and tried to learn about to be like more culturally aware uh, it's interesting where it's naturally occurring in you. You didn't have to fucking reach for it. Well, and... what we're observing here is go outside. I mean, that's that's why the the rejoinder to someone being an idiot online is fucking go outside. Um, it, it being in touch with material culture gives you a foundation that people can't shake by posting at you about it. I can't tell you how much secure in my how much more secure in myself I became after I started like going to fucking protests. Like if I click somebody's profile who's, you know, uh, criticizing me in a political sense and they haven't been tear gassed, I don't have to listen to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they have That's nothing the they have nothing to say to me because they have no contact with the material culture that they're talking about, you know? Like once I became a distributor for like the Pacific Northwest's largest distributor of Antifa gas masks, I just didn't have to listen to anyone else anymore because I'm right, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, know, like, you know, your receipts. Right. People don't need to. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I and think... people around you start to recognize that just like you, you recognize that in Ruben. And that that is very apparent in Ruben is that Ruben has access to a material culture that grounds him. And, you know, people around me, like occasionally someone will try to come for me on Twitter and someone that I don't even know will pop up and be like, do you know what Eliza has actually done? Because she was there, you know, at that thing that you're talking about or or whatever. I'm blowing smoke up my own ass at this point, but I'm just trying to use uh, myself. I, yeah, I, wouldn't, yeah, I don't how know. I, the, oh, sorry. I, I just understand that, you know, every time in my life that I've made a decision, you know, like Ruben to like get into something material like carving or, you know, get all the crappy shit out of my house and replace it with something that's not going to poison me. You, you make your material conditions better and you make it better for your family. And that that's just 
so much more important and real than uh than posting <laughs> yeah than, than playing posting games and yeah just uh i mean and i hear that i don't think it's a full inocu inoculate earth god damn it this is what inoculant am i saying that right inoculant inoculant yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it will be i don't think it will be if i don't think you know it's a full inoculant and x amount of criticism here or there uh, i don't think it's inherently bad obviously it can be very right. maligning and shitty and dog shit or, or this or that but uh in terms of in terms of that there there are people that are also completely fully disconnected uh, we, I think the one, the one documentary I haven't seen, I already knocked out feels good, man. Have any of you seen feels good, man? Not yet, but it's been on my list all late, all of last year, basically. So it's a documentary about Matt Fury and, uh, Pepe the frog. And don't know if you've heard of this guy, but Pepe has been making the rounds of the internet for, for some time. I think seen uh, more than was, a decade. He was mostly innocuous when I first saw him. Uh, but then, like, not nice people uh, co-opted the imagery after it was a thing on Black Twitter as a result of 4chan basically flooding everything and 4chan thinking it was immune to the monoculture of America. Uh, everyone is learning right now, very explicitly, that America's monoculture poisons everything. Uh, yeah. But... It was talking about very disconnected people that had latched on to. Uh, no, only you, buddy. You'd frozen. So much in the chat, dickhead. That's why I'm typing it, Michelle. Go on. Yeah, No, you're good now. You're good. But yeah, uh, basically, basically, a lot of disconnected people say 4chan, this or that. Uh, are known for their specificity and what they enjoy and how they consume it. But also when that's all they have and they don't have job prospects uh, and they're, they're heading out of high school, no job prospects, a very bad education, or maybe they just flunk out altogether. They're living with their parents. Uh, they're, not like condemningly, but they're functionally stupid people who are badly socialized and they they do not know how to connect to others. And when they do connect to others, there's only people with that same sensibility and they only serve to reify uh, how bad they feel and how disconnected they feel. Uh, and it go, it goes to a place where, yeah, but very negative outcomes where you're so disconnected that, yeah, uh, propagating uh, mass violence or this or that seems like an outcome. It's the ratio, I believe, has been sort of because because I don't want to carry water for a lot of these people. But I would argue sometimes the ratio of people that are just incel assholes online to terrorists has been sensationalized in the media well sure Any, anything like that will be because um, because the nature of american media is to sensationalize yeah and, and it's 
it is a pure numbers thing too. So. And that's the thing that that's what gets engagement. I I feel like it's not a full inoculant, but uh, taking what you have and cultivating yourself and sort of a refusal uh, of your conditions is a way forward. Meeting other people. It doesn't even have to necessarily be positive or excuse me, positivist or whatever in the way I believe. Like a lot of nihilists, a lot of hateful motherfuckers that just aren't necessarily racist or this or that, but just hate the concept of being or this or that. It went on to make a lot of interesting things that uh, you consume all the time. Look at look at death grips. Uh those are what? Yeah. What a death grips do what did Zach Hill do? Ah, well, those are motherfuckers that are always just talking about, uh, you know, having all these feelings, knowing uh, what was joy or this or that, and then it's uh, uh, out from under your feet. And, I lost uh, the thread. Are you saying that Death Grips is composed of people that are, like, racist and problematic? No! Fuck no. Oh. I'm saying oh. nihilists. Mm. I'm saying nihilists. Mm. People that hate everything. Okay. Or, or uh and uh they would also be I mean, there's, there's a, they would that's also a level be that's a level of performative nihilism i think yeah um, hey, hey you know i'm not gonna litigate that but i would say that yeah there's there's a lot of people that <clears throat> can take that negative shitty energy and actually make something with it and i think getting past that hump where you don't have to be well, destructive the people that make something with it aren't posting Mm -hmm. Like that's, that to me is the key distinction. I was, I was thinking about this as you were talking, it's like you were talking the numbers on how many people are just posting online versus the conversion rate to people that, that actually, you know, take that level of, of bad posting and turn it into violence. Uh, there didn't used to be a place where people could go to just get mad at stuff. As far as I know, historically before the internet, I mean, there's certainly were like third spaces and levels of socialization. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of people that are otherwise not developing themselves because the ability to post. I mean, I don't even know what I'm like because posting exists because there, like so much time is spent. I had to cut back my own time spent on social media, and mm -hmm. it wasn't really until I did that that I started to f be able to kind of feel myself like uh, I don't know, like developing at other things and and getting better at stuff that I had to pay more attention to. Um, I do think there's this element of like, like Eliza was saying about Ruben and in general to bring it back to go outside. Um, the people you're referencing to Michelle, as we, we should all obviously know, are, are very clearly the people that tend to not do that. I mean, and if, if that's the case, like, eh, I think the old, the, or at least there is an orthodoxy around it where, yeah, there's a need to be condemning constantly. Or if you're a centrist or whatever, you actually should stoke uh, their worst impulses or say, actually, they're right to uh, only use slurs and only be as alienating as possible. And like, that's also a healthy event and that they should all stay there quarantined or this or that. And that's like, go fuck yourself. Uh, for me, it's just like, yeah, uh, I, I, I see Ruben's sense of humor and how off-putting he's been to people I know or whatever, but he's he he engages with people uh in 
you know, his own life and my life. And like he, he, uh, is, it's sort of like, it's not like a fucking after school special, but in terms of outcomes, engaging with the world and not cutting yourself off, you know, you have to make like the, the, the Shinji choice. You have to make the Shinji Evangelion choice. Are you, are you going to fucking disconnect yourself from everyone or, you know, are you going to live in this world, warts and all, pain? And uh, you can you can basically, you can do that, but, like, I feel like the way to sort of be a full person is to also sort of have interests that you don't have to align with a bunch of other people. Like, I'm never going to make my own soap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the fucking... I do have a thing I develop in my life. I try to develop my writing. I try to develop my work. And those are pursuits you have to do, I would argue, to be a full and rounded person because otherwise you just sort of stay in this misery hole. And it's it seems low stakes, but, like, honestly, uh, like... If I could, uh, if I could tack on and get in there for that... Um, like I, I don't think any pursuits of the self are they're not there are low stakes in terms of like maybe there isn't a large profit margin. They're not inherently yeah. moral. I get you. But um there there is a stake in terms of at least for me, I, I assume some people might uh get uh, might also feel this way, of that essentially anything that I'm doing as a self-fulfilling item was also to just kind of stay sane in, in certain times of hardship in my life of like um, I've designed or written a lot of RPGs or done a lot of that work solely to get through a really bad job, at a particularly soul-crushing job. Any side time or free time I'd have with my hands would be consumed with I'm um, just going to write a little RPG to see if I could get like a little world or mechanics together for something because it was just the strict focus of funneling that free time into not being criminally depressed and staring at my phone from the night for, you know, nine to five. Um yeah, it kind of just helped as a way to get out of that. It, it redirected that energy to be like, I'm here because it's it's paying my rent, um, but all free mental time that I have is going towards myself and my own pursuits. And um, that's freeing to some extent and also kind of really helped me through um, working with uh, my depression and things like that. Um, and I wanted to also bookend the going outside thing. Don't forget, if you don't just take the term going outside as a general thing, you have to go outside correctly and that you have to not be fucking weird to people uh, when you do that, too. True. It's true. This is a valuable some, lesson. Being some weird fuck uh, that, like, I don't know how many people have seen any number of people that print out memes and then show them to people. Like, mm. you can't do that to people that doesn't play in the real world to just people in your office. They oh. don't know who you are, and they don't know what that is. That's fucking horrible. I've oh. never encountered that type of person, and I'm thankful. Yeah. Big, Pick a good dish you're good at making. Make sure you have a clean kitchen. Just make pasta for a potluck. Tell people how you made it. Interact normally. That's kind of important to appearing like a person uh, in an, <laughs> in and off the internet. It's not. He's not wrong. You got to learn how to interact with people, I'm, and well, I, no, I mean that from a strict mechanical sense. Like I'm, I'm just imagining. Don't like normal people that much, but I'm imagining I, this podcast much. not as the protagonist, as Eliza said, but like you're giving an alien 
a fucking document. All right, you're invading. You're getting in there. Here is how you blend in with them. Uh, we are not going to make explicit references to autism. Just don't do that as an alien. Just chill on that shit. They've got some feelings about that word. However, be normal. It's it's very difficult to do, but when you hit that sweet spot, it's fucking incredible. They will say anything to you. Uh, <laughs> kind of do. People open up a bit too much about someone that just made good pasta once or twice. Um, but I mean, it's just really, it's generally humanizing. It kind of just shows that, uh, hey, you're fucking fine. Go do your own shit. When you really get lost in the sauce and people give you weird looks and can't just say good morning to you uh, without you prompting it, you might need to reconsider a few things or a few choices that you're doing in your day-to-day. Mm-hmm. God, it reminds me of people I worked with in Eugene, Oregon, because uh, we were talking about work and like not wanting to blow your brains out in Minecraft. Uh, parody redacted uh the thing is yeah writing was the only thing that sort of kept me sane slash also reading and not just reading comics but like reading full-ass prose books um you're 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 taking in something and you're engaging and it's not just one way uh you're you're not just consuming, but you're also like, I want to take this energy and it needs to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I feel is very important. Uh, because otherwise, yeah, a lot of people just sort of... There are people that just subject themselves to their coworkers, you know? Like you were saying with printing out memes and shit. When I was living in Eugene at a call center, working out of call center, like, same deal. Yeah, printing out a meme... And it was like two years too late, the why you know whatever meme from 4chan. It's always two years too late, yeah. They're always really that stuck person, on... That person's never going to be up to date. They're, they're, always stuck, they're always stuck on like a five-year-old fucking thing. Uh, I had a good uh, nightmare friend who their whole office got behind... Um, which was it? Planking? Sure. Uh, Office-wide, this whole insurance office was super behind planking. Planking then had a small, uh, like, um, small variant renaissance for whaling. Does everyone remember that? No. No. So whaling is when you you hide behind a wall so visually someone can't see your body, and then you act like a breaching whale and come out the side of the wall and make a small arc. That is, and that is the act of whaling. And You're not had, making this up. This is real. That was Sad. that was the that was the tail end of planking. P- several people died to planking, and we had to stop. Yeah. Doing it. And then <laughs> whaling came in of like it's incredibly safe because you don't change position. Your feet are planted, uh, so, so it's a little utilitarian. So whaling, guys, no one got on that boat, but it was a very small boat. Edge of a cliff. So you, you can't whale on the edge of a cliff because it doesn't obscure you unless you could be un- under the cliff and come up. Uh, so then there was a manager that held on to whaling for about two years after the fact for wow. the rest of their tenure until they were fired. This fucking manager <laughs> kept trying to get you to be like whaling guys, huh? Huh? You're going to lunch and you're eating a muffin and she <laughs> comes into the room <laughs> doing this at you going, huh? Huh? Every fucking there time. is literally an, uh, a, the office episode about this. 
Mm. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Where Michael and Dwight get really into parkour, like. Oh yeah! Oh wow! That's yeah. a good yep. bit. You're right. That's a good bit. But people shit on the Office, but if if I needed to tell somebody about America, uh, and they don't yeah. know nothing about America, I would show them the American version of of the Office. I, yeah, I'm, no, I'm a accurate. big apologist. Yeah, it's it is a type of guy. I think there's like there's two bells that go off in your life, and the first one is when you're like eight. And whatever you're doing at that exact moment becomes like your sex thing for the rest of your life. So if, <laughs> if it's Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, you're fucked. Um, usually. Yeah, no, that's true. Like kind of normal, like your cousin wears flip flops and you're a foot guy from that point on. You know, there's like all all fetishists have an origin story and it's usually something mundane like that. Mm-hmm. So but the second bell goes off when you stop being able to detect when a joke has become stale. And I I feel like a lot of my friends are going through that right now. And it's something I'm like very careful to try and detect in myself. And I'm probably already slipping because I'm certainly old enough, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> more than old enough. But it's Gen X is like really good at just being their fucking Encino man for memes. Like these people are still typing in lolcat. It's, I have yeah. I have Gen X friends and I love them to death, but God, oh Gen a, X, Ooh. a bell went off and they just they just stopped, they stopped in time. Uh, Don Don Hughes Don Hughes made a really interesting tweet recently where he said like I'm turning forty pretty soon, like like and I I think you know I'm out of this trolling game and I think that's like probably the fucking most honest and best thing you could do at 40 like if yeah, you're if this is get fiscal we're tap, talking tap about out. Do you really think that that was a serious post come on it Has depends it depends there's there are some things where it goes beyond the it goes beyond the he he puts so much insincere shit out there that he also puts out sincere shit like that's the thing this is a thing only Canadians could do, I would argue. Like, you just have that, you have that, is is he like Eugene Merman? Is he high or is he Canadian? And that's like the voice that is adopted by deadpan Canadians. So yes, it is hard to navigate, but like, at the same time, there, there was another thing where, there was another post where he was saying like, if you know it's a problem in society and you aren't like working to actively change it as each five-year increment goes by, you're more culpable for it. And it was like, that's not a troll. That hits harder than a troll because there's a level of truth to that shit. Well, Probably- that's, that's why he's king of the trolls is all of his trolling has a, has a kernel of truth. And so, I mean, you can, that's why it makes people so fucking mad is because, <laughs> is because he's so good at that. I mean, no, he's, no, he, he hit he's me been the master Kurt, for like 15 years. He hit me when the Kurt Eichenwald thing happened and my first impulse was to block him and then I unblocked him. But like, <laughs> no, no, it, cause I read it again. And it was just like, I was so fucking red, mad and nude because it was just this motherfucker <laughs> but no no that that's a that's a specific type of troll 
where there is that level of truth. But yeah, I think I think at a certain point, yeah, some shit you just should say, like, oh, this is a young man's game. <laughs> I can't roll these dice anymore. Yeah. Uh I think I think if I ever did I have a public presence or like a pseudonym based presence. Maybe I would RT sex workers in the way I did before, but like the thirst would be gone. Uh because like sorry, that's like that's all cancelable shit. And that's fine. I'm I couldn't I could realize I live in a different world now, and that's fine by me. The whole deal is uh fucking you have to realize things have changed and not stay in one consistent voice and just act that way. Uh, which is fine. Like living as a person in the world, the world is going to change. Uh, that said, just to take it back to soap. Uh, I kind of want to ask everyone some soap questions while we're here and soaping. Mm. All right. Uh, aside from Jake. Jake. Go ahead. Jake, what kind of soap are you into? <laughs> uh, oh my God. What's your uh, soap like? Oh my God. I don't want to get up and go to my bathroom, so I have to Google it. I didn't say, like, fucking show me your soaps, but, like. I'm not going to show you my soaps. It's, it's, it. it's an audio medium. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's real simple. It's Jake, like okay, this company that makes African uh, African black soap with shea butter. Oh, yeah. Shea That's Moisture good. is the name of the company. Mm. Um, so you're a hard soap? And, uh, no, no, no. It's body wash. It's body okay. wash. Uh, and I just use that with a little scrubby in the shower. It's great. Is it like it's a charcoal infused kind of thing? Is it colored in a weird I way? Think it, I think it's colored to be. I don't think it has to be. But it, it looks so like when you have the bottle, it looks very black. But then when you actually use the soap, it's very much a brown, like a dark, dark brown. I'm going to look up what African black soap is because I have often wondered and now is an excellent yeah. opportunity. So while we're waiting I, it, was, it was definitely something I saw just browsing the aisles and I went, this looks kind of like the most legit thing I'm looking for out of all these weird, you know, I don't like the overly packaged stuff that's in like the crazy shape bottles and all that stuff. But this is a very honest uh, type of packaging. Uh, and that's usually what I go off of. I'm the, I'm the, I've grew up the son of a marketer, so I just look at packaging on everything, and I just find what I like, and then I go from there. Yeah, I would say so. I would say uh, getting into and identifying soap packaging is about as important as identifying like olive oil packaging. And the number of ways, true, yeah. Get, number of ways you can get fucked. You get a lot of variants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of variants, a lot of, a lot of little bit of little tricks they could do to be like, mm, I mean, this wash is closed typically, but. Uh, you know, we put some bullshit in it, so it technically qualifies as soap. Um, ivory is also a good soap. <laughs> I'm a big Wait, fan of Irish Springs. Oh, yeah, what's <gasps> up? Holy yeah, yeah. shit. Holy Shea shit. Moisture African Black Soap Soothing Body Wash with oats, aloe, and vitamin E. Shout out to that. Yeah, I guess right. black, black soap is black because of the ash, apparently. There's, there's, yeah. more, there's more ash in it than usual, so it's, mm -hmm. I guess, good for for oil and it has some antimicrobial properties too so good stuff that's fun that's my soap and then just whatever hand soap i don't i don't get too crazy with that stuff well uh, our household has been locked to the the bed bath and body Works stylings of seasonal soaps uh so i don't have a choice in that mm. uh in terms of in terms of your soap experience eliza uh 
have you also made soap? Because we we talked a little bit about it in chat, but not from scratch. Uh, I don't think I am really set up for that. But I have definitely bought you know bulk soap in a in a in a larger package that you then melt and or you can just chop it up into pieces and use it like that because it's it's cheaper and it's fun. So I have a uh, I have a mold shaped like a skull naturally. Um, it's a little bigger than a fist and get a, get a cool, cool skull shaped soap in there. And you can add like some essential oils if you want, or even some coloring. I was hoping I'd get like a crystal skull, you know, with some glycerin soap. But the problem is that I, to get all the bubbles out and impurities, you really need a vacuum chamber. And, uh, I'm not going to spend $300 on a vacuum chamber just to make soap for myself. I, I could certainly sell uh, crystal soap skulls on Etsy, but again, I that's just going too far. I, I don't need another hobby that I don't want to do. So, do you have any kind mean, of like heating elements that you could use to attempt to get the bubbles out of it? I know that heat would affect certain kinds of additives that you may use, oh. um, but like typically for like resin, you would uh, you could use a torch to heat the top of it, and that would get the bubbles to come out of it. I've seen that be very successful most of the time, but it would depend on how much direct heat you could apply to it for how long of a time. Well, the, I mean, the glycerin itself is in liquid form when it is poured. So you can't overheat it because that will just add more bubbles and make it worse. Um, Vibration can help and tapping the sides and stuff can help, but apparently there's just not a lot you can do without a vacuum chamber. Um, but I mean, yeah, certainly good. spritzing with alcohol definitely helps when you when you pour it into the mold. If you put spritz it with some some isopropyl first, that helps. And uh, you can also spritz the top of the poured stuff, and that helps bring some bubbles out. But the bubbles I'm still getting are like way down at the bottom of the mold, and uh, they seem to be they seem to be adhering to the edges of the mold, and are too far down to make it all the way up to the top. So if I were, you know, selling it on Etsy or actually manufacturing for a, an audience sell, then I definitely figure out my methods better. Mm. But, and is, that, is that bulk soap explicitly melt and pour soap or are you rebatching soap? Yeah, it's melt and pour. Okay. So that's convenient because also if you've got those little pieces of solid soap, you can just dump that back into a mold. Oh, yeah. So if we want to get into it, I did have some segments about um, just how soap making could go. I never went into it. I did consider for a while uh, to start full soap making out of the house. But that was about five years ago, and I chose other hobbies instead, uh, mostly because I got freaked out about getting a chemical burn. And I was yeah. like, uh, oh, my God. I couldn't even risk it. I'm so, so sorry, is- man. We're this Fight is Club same. again. We're fucking Fight yeah, Club. Yeah, well, again. everyone is. Yeah, we're Fight Club. This so is the sorry. same reason. This is the same reason I chose woodworking they, over they, trying to get into like metalwork. I really like um, watching the YouTube videos where people make ingots. Because um, it's just too. It freaks me out so much to see molten metal. It's just fucking the worst thing in my mind. Um, so, uh, I guess that extends to chemicals too. Like, I just don't want my skin to burn off or or even slightly get like severely rashed by it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But Mountain Pour Soap, if you want to get into soap making or at least test it out, Mountain Pour Soap, 
uh, as Liza pointed out, is a really easy avenue to get into. Um, although the soap it makes, would you agree that the soap is of a quality below traditional uh, barred soaps that you find? I don't really have a specific brand of soap. Um, I definitely, I tried Castile soap. It, I seem to be allergic to it, so I couldn't, couldn't do, couldn't do that, unfortunately. Um, hmm. Otherwise, soap, what? I was going to wonder if it was the type of like uh, vegetable oil that the ad soap had used, depending on the brand you use. Castile soap isn't always uh, also exclusively olive oil produced. Uh, it kind of has been widened out to any vegetable oil. So I'm wondering if that could be contributing to an allergic reaction. I don't know. It was it was Dr. Bronner's, so whatever. Mm. And it was a uh, it was the un, unscented kind, um, but I still right. still reacted to it. So, but I don't really have any particular so i have never found a soap that i liked more than any other soap enough to stick with it it's all just kind of been either a problem or whatever but so in uh, most cases when you're buying like a barred soap you're looking at cold process soap um, because uh, that soap uh, is better for uh, industrial production even though it takes like a month to cure um, you are getting a product that is more water resilient you're shedding uh, less of the product like if you just are someone that leaves your bar in the shower you don't do like a soap cover or take the bar out in certain uh, instances of people uh, assuming you're not using body wash um, cold press soap will be more resilient to that whereas melt and pour soap and hot process soap which is the same as cold process soap um, but you're you are heating the oil uh, and uh, it's not lye, is it? Is it uh, sodium hydroxide? That's the same as lye uh, or caustic soda, whichever they use. Uh, you are heating those and then creating a soap batch that will set instantly the next day. But because of that rapid setting process, uh, typically it is less resilient to uh, the, the structure of the soap itself uh, is less resistant uh, when you're using it rapidly. This is mainly for shower use. If it was for hand use, you probably wouldn't notice as much between cold and hot process soap. Um, but typically when you're buying soap, like at a uh, farmer's market or something locally, uh, that would usually be cold process soap because uh, it's a you know passive building process for it. Or, and uh, cold process is also the soap you can make the fanciest when you when people put whole flowers in the fucking soap and things like that. Um, then that's an instance where uh, you would want to go with cold process soap. You do more intricate swirling and, and like layering uh, of like shea butters or whatever to make opaque or see-through soaps. Just a side note, just a little bit, a little bit of soap making for you. <laughs> we got the soap rules. Uh, I mean, uh, I like the idea of uh, the bulk buying, uh, the, like what either what Eliza does with the melting it or what you're doing with the Castile. Uh, I'm a plebeian. I oh, yeah, will... Uh, I will uh, store-bought only. It's not that I'm against artisanal stuff, but the closest I get to, like, air quotes, artisanal is, well, Lush. This is not a endorsement of the Lush brand on working on it, a amazing podcast you should listen to. But Lush, they're, like, aesthetically pleasing. And well, yeah, they, they kinda, they're, they're kind of the only game in town when it comes to whatever that is, the, the very specific. Yeah, yeah, game. you know, the bath bombs and stuff. Never done a bath bomb because that's, like, my personal life, like, I like aesthetics to a point, but I also, I also, to a certain point, like aesthetics in uh, maybe editorial sense, but 
as a thing that's applicable to everyday overarching life to like everyone isn't as big a deal. I feel this way about like transphobia, internalized transphobia, this or that or another, where aesthetic should uh, define personhood or this or that, which I just make a big jerk off motion in the air. It's like, okay, yeah, cis women have so many fucking hideous or ugly cis women that are still somehow seen as real as uh, cis women. And it's not worth litigating. I, in terms of ugly versus uh, realness, I don't fucking care. It's pointless to me. Ugliness uh, does not really have a dysphoria yield for me. Uh, and in terms of soap, Boy, that it that includes uh larger then that that's like larger overarching things. I think to myself like uh terms of or not excuse me, smaller scale overarching things like soap. Yeah, soap. I like to buy it very cheap, use it as much as I need, and from that point, uh yeah, it's just outright usage. Uh I, Michelle, when I was fucking soap, fucking soap. All right, so so cis, so cis soap. I was big into fucking Old Spice. Trans, I usually just bought really tacky stuff like a Suave brand avocado. Just, hmm. just this was this was less than two dollars or two dollars on the dot. Uh, I just need straight up function, uh, which interested me in you talking about just straight up functional soap and that could be like a way to have something nicer as opposed to like the cheapest possible uh one and done solution yeah we're getting uh, one and six your one and six body your one and six yeah your castile your could be done for shaving cream yeah i mean the, that's the thing like philosophically is it cheap? Does it serve the function I need it to serve? Uh, and is it actually serving that function? There are things you should not make compromises on. For example, your hair, right? Your hair, do not buy two-in-one shampoo conditioners. Don't Cannot work. stress this a fucking enough. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. If you do it, if you see someone grabbing it, you slap it out of their hand. It's trash. It's another 50 cents. Just get two bottles and a minute. Yeah, just get... Just get one and then get the other. You you need to wash your hair with shampoo, and then you need to treat it with a conditioner. Let it sit in your hair, wash your body, but do all of that. Come back to the conditioned hair, rinse it out of your hair thoroughly so that you don't have matted up mop looking ass hair. It's uh if if no one has told you, I'll tell you. Thank and you for this valuable instruction. And if it's a three-in-one, because there's there's something even worse. It's a body wash. It's a shampoo. What? And it's a conditioner. I swear to God. Nightmare marketing, marketing vice president thought that was a good idea. Well, no, because it's the opposite of a Bronner. Men but, buy this right. stuff. It's, Men a, totally. it's dog shit. It's an ultra-utilitarian. I am a man, and I male. hate thinking about bath products, but... I still can't be fooled by that shit. Good lord! Don't do it. You're yeah. you're selling yourself down the river because you wanna you wanna be cheap. And I'm cheap as hell. But let me tell you, uh, 
it's not going it's not going to clean you enough in a way that you'll feel okay with it's smells cheap uh your hair will get you'll get like damaged hair your hair will look real fucking uh, not greasy but like unnaturally dry to the point where the dryness has this sort of awful sheen you don't want that trust me do not get three in ones. I cannot stress this enough. Even if you think you're making a little bit of a a, a compromise for value, uh, love yourself enough to not get something that's trash for you. Smell is a big thing. Smell is a big thing with soap. Mm-hmm. You can kind of you can kind of tell. It's like a class signifier. You know, you can tell if somebody is using that Sephora soap or if they're or if they're like on the lush level or if they buy their soap at the hippie store, they'll have like a certain smell. There's like the, the Dr. Bronner's people have a certain smell. These are all class signifiers. Oh, um, Eugene, Eugene and fucking patchouli. Yeah. We had we had we had uh, meetings where basically they were talking about the smell like one. You're coming into here. I know a lot of you are. uh kind of poor or below the poverty line but we have to work out some sort of baseline with uh, the clean cleanliness now in eugene this was around the occupy times oh yeah people that were working at this uh call center were homeless a lot of them uh, one of the guys i would see would brush his teeth this was a 60 year old man brushing his teeth in the office on the way out of work because dude didn't have shit and stinky as hell, but like he was like, "All right, I'm gonna make this compromise somewhere. At least my teeth are gonna be okay." But it's fine, whatever. But yeah, they were very against patchouli. I, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I've grown to hate the smell of patchouli as a result of living in Eugene. Yep. Fucking hate it. It's you know, if you're into it. It's cool. I'm not a patchouli moralist, but uh, yeah, if I smell it, I'm not happy. And, yeah. you know, honestly, <laughs> it's just one of those elevator clearing smells. You know, you want you want like oh. a, a hint, you know, because it's definitely present in some some high end perfumes, but it's barely there because it's such a it's such a strong base smell you know so you can tell a lot about a person you know based on based on their their soap and that's like a that's a big a signifier of attraction for uh heterosexuals because women are oh, really yeah. into like how men smell when you get close to them yep. and um since men usually don't use like any scented products other than what they're actually washing themselves with it's like if the dude smells like Irish Spring, <laughs> you can you can make some assumptions. And versus if he smells like you know sandalwood, you can make some other assumptions. Um, oh yeah, a homo. You know, I won't get too in depth, but yeah, a homo a homo flexible guy I used to know from Michigan. Uh, his mom actually used to make soap as a funny aside, but like hmm. he was he was well kept, well groomed, uh, and incredibly soaked up. And there were those sort of masculine, uh, it's very hard to sort of describe, but you know, your, your, your Irish spring ivory, 
uh, sort of soaps where it had this sort of higher citrus slash almost sort of piney smell to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, yeah, uh, I don't know how it connects to like attraction and air quotes pheromone attraction. Cause like there are some hot dudes that sort of have this dirty smell to them and that's hot too. But like mm-hmm. a well, a well-kept dude uh, who makes preparations like for a specific outcome is also pretty neat uh, with women or feminine coded people. <laughs> uh sometimes it's like sometimes that go airs towards uh citrus or uh very very alcohol rich sort of smells uh, that female fragrances are a fucking whole can of worms unto themselves it's less piney and more it's very hard uh, to get a hold of like wood likes in in that range yeah it's yeah, like yeah, or, no. It, it, or, yeah, or or it's or it has this unnatural sort of chemically, uh, but definitely alcohol base sort of smell. Uh, and obviously, our jump off point from that is like your Elizabeth Taylor's, your your grandma smells. <laughs> yeah, white uh, shoulders, Chanel number five um you can date i mean you can date those smells like we all we all know what ck1 smells like and it is smells like a very specific time in america um the drake r noir jokes yeah uh that's like that's a certain type of guy who owns a trans am still (laughs) right uh but yeah in terms of that uh the function and scent uh I guess I would notice soap more than perfumes and fragrances or fragrances because yeah, as you said, it's sort of a sort of a class locked thing, like higher end perfumes or being very into perfume, costly. Uh likewise with uh uh certain types of makeups or you know, S- Sephora is uh more accessible than high end retail stores or this or that, but like in terms of that, uh, it's still a not insignificant amount of money for, I think, most of the people I know or the circles they travel in. Like, maybe a few, and they're not, like, massively rich. Uh, I don't know many millionaires, but, like, fucking, I could not, I could not imagine uh, going fucking ham on fragrances at Sephora or higher end stores uh, with specific goods like that. Yeah, no, I'm a function person, but like just, I don't know, have enough, have a, you know, you want to have hair at the end of the day. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to have the look of like a, a high school uh, counselor or a, a sort of, mm, what's it, K, not K-12. What did they call it before? Uh, elementary school? Yeah, elementary onward, and then, you know, adolescent sort of range counselor, because those exist too. The ones that do the puppet shows, you don't want that hair. You don't want that hair as an adult. Trust me, 
nothing against those people. I'm sure the puppet shows were very nice, but like that awful damaged hair look slash also you're going to be down in the dumps giving yourself shit for no reason. Just get some nicer shampoo. Just a little bit of preparation as Batman says. Uh, kind of thinking about moving on. Uh, in terms of in terms of like uh, your your soap journey, Ruben. Yeah. God, how long did you say you've been doing this? Oh fuck. Um, let's see. It wasn't too long before quarantine. I'll have to probably place this at last October, September. You should never ask me for timestamps unless it's an event on the calendar because I do not. Uh, do very good with time. Um, but yeah, I would say fall of last year, fall of 2019. Turn. You were like, fuck this other stuff. We're going Castile Soap. Oh yeah, I mean, it was a slow turn. Uh, it was first mainly Jesus and Miro bringing up uh, washing our ass with the peppermint variant of it. Oh, and yeah, that was like... great. <laughs> the, saga, the saga of white people not washing their legs was a great Twitter saga. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was really funny. I was like, maybe I do want pepper on my ass. Um, and, and then mm. that uh, escalated into everything else is trash. I hate fucking having 10 bottles under the fucking sink full of shit that I don't use more than once a fucking year. Um, and then uh, then it escalated out to doesn't have to be like this. It can all, <laughs> nice. It can all just be, can all be one and done. And it kind of is. I mean, as, as far as I can tell, there's, there's no smells. Uh, I've never inadvertently caused food poisoning or anything like that um I, I i really think all that shit's really unnecessary unless you have very particular uses uh uses for certain chemicals or otherwise uh like let's take for bleach uh, i mean other than like affecting fabrics if you need to do whitening cycles we do none of that here we don't wear white clothes for the most of it they just don't look good the only white clothing i have is what i'm wearing here it's a seven dollar shirt with the marochan instant ramen logo on it um, but other than that, it's still white clothing on principle. Sicko, fucking um, sicko. With seven dollars, and um, other than bleach having utility of also, it could it can clean water. I forget what the proportions are. It's like two or three drops per gallon or something like that. We also can't drink um, what's the word? Purified water uh, in that way, treated water uh, in that way for too long. Um, so it might be like something campery people like to have. This isn't this isn't air quotes doxing or whatever, but where you live, uh, I have heard from people don't drink that fucking tap water, or if you do, like make sure like your your provider is on point. You know, uh, in my experience, at least, it, it's been fine. Um, but I mean, you've heard the stories of like water there. Yeah, I think there have been some issues because we have a lot of there are a lot of um, mines out in this area uh, that that could be causing some issues. Um, but um, I haven't heard too many things personally, um, or anyone that's been personally affected. It, it might just be a bygone thing or very specific instances, depending on the county that you're in. Uh, what have you heard specifically? That anyone mentioned like an actual getting the shits, getting the shits. Hmm. The, yeah. Hmm. Mm. Uh, no, I, I couldn't say it was personal, but I also, everything's charcoal filtered here. But I'm just saying, uh, as far as mm. needing to have other household chemicals would go, 
that's more of like what a camper would do to be like, I have bleach on hand because sometimes I go disperse camping for like a week and I'm way the fuck out there and I need to potentially drink some uh, bleached water so that I don't mm-hmm. die. Uh, I gotta have that tech. Can't don't camp bad. Got to wash your ass. You have to wash your ass. Uh, and that's probably like the first story of the first person that like got deep into soap was like, all right, my ass is weird. There are rocks and bugs and such dangling from there. I'm done with it. Uh, just to sort of kind of wrap it in terms of how we feel about soap. Uh, I want to get a kind of get a round table response from everyone to take this to give us the gravitas it needs i mean i don't know about you all but i'm for it (laughs) yeah i i think soap is good i need to use it more it's been rough i i i could could bathe slash shower more than i do but like this i I showered today i showered today the soap guy He's he's fucking on to something, and I think too many people are on his case. Okay, I've got two things. One is that I like that we talked about soap in this episode because it's less about... I mean, we obviously talked about soap products and, and soap that you buy from a store. But from Ruben's point of view and from the listener's point of view, what you can hopefully take from it is that uh, you can just bulk order some shit and use it for a bunch of different applications Mm -hmm. and you don't have to buy into the the kind of way that products are marketed as far as like this is for that and this is this don't use this product for the other thing you got to buy another product for that yeah man Um, get yourself some essential oils like spice it up at home and shits are all made of the same thing half the time so it's really at the end of the day breaking it back down into the base materials and the most simple version of it uh, so that you can just get the job done, I think fits within our podcast ethos very well. Yeah, wash your. The second ass. is that when yeah. I was a kid, I was pretty skeptical about, uh, you know, like I, <laughs> I don't know. Basically, my mom would be on my ass for washing my hands, and so I used to resent the act of washing your hands. Uh, Word. And that's that's uh, that's crazy. So don't. Uh, don't be on your kid's ass about washing hands, but but tell them that it's a good thing to do. Because now that I'm adult, I feel like a fucking idiot every time doesn't wash their hands. Someone doesn't wash their hands. True. Um, but uh, when I was a kid, I was like, no, I'm smarter than this. I'm somehow beating germs. Uh, and I think our whole country has proven that that's just not the case uh, this this past year. So I mean, you know, shout outs shout outs to washing your hands and feeling like it's a good thing to do, not just something you know someone told you to do growing up. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's something something to be said for getting dirty too, you know, as an ethos of going outside. That's a that's a thing we also have to stress. You got well, yeah, you, you got to wash your hands because they got dirty. You got to eat leaf. You got to eat dirt, uh, and that's fine. But yeah, I, I I also had some some more personal thoughts. Now we've kind of got that out of the way. Uh, my folks uh, listen to the podcast. Dad, a fan of the show. Dad, an inexplicable fan of Eliza. Not like in a weird crush way, but... Why is it inexplicable? Yeah, wow. I'm not going to lie. Why is this really smart? When I think of... You've seen my dad, right? Yeah, dude. Like, you've seen seen my my Father's Day video, right? I look like your dad when I'm wearing that big mustache. 
You seen he, that video of mine, a Father's Day message? That's that's me that. on the inside. Like he's, he's got he he wears camouflage all the time. Big mustache guy. He's he's like hmm. He's like a sort of specific like camo liberal. I don't know how to describe it. Oh, I drew your dad in Jackbox the other day. How'd I do? Because I wasn't actually in the voice. There was no that. mustache. There was no mustache. So that was a mustache. That was a mustache. Okay. Well, people misinterpreted my drawing. It looked like a frown. It looked like a frown with a, like an authoritative face instead of a mustache. No offense, my oh. guy. Should have been there to defend myself. Oh well. Uh, well, hey man, you snooze, you lose. But yeah, That's true. he had a lot of nice things to say. Well, well, no. When I think of uh, people, my dad is like very supportive of uh you know i could probably circle back to him on this because he does like new wave but my dad doesn't scream goth to me no offense eliza but you scream very goth to me so i didn't see those alignments happening so that was very positive dad's like me because i can shoot and i'm a big fan of military history you're also are you your military history person are you a war weeb no, I, I, uh, I, I wish, I mean, I could get there. Like that could definitely be my, you got to play favorite. civilization a lot or I know. Or yeah. Or, or get into miniatures. Yeah. Oh, yep. Easy. <laughs> oh, but yeah. My, my liked it, but she was less talkative. Uh, but she was like, I think it's very nice. And, uh, you were all very polite to each other. And, I feel like that's cool. And I just want to give shout outs to my folks. I'm I'll fucking I know it's cheap heat, but it's very nice. Shout out to Shell's mom and Nancy. We got a we got a text of approval from my dad as well. I'll bring it up since oh, we're we got dads. Approval. Folks, we got the dads. They said it couldn't be done, but we have the dads. Yeah. yeah. Uh so yeah, if you got a dad out there, show him a podcast because like that's what's up. His his thing was why I thought it was even relevant to bring up as it relates to DIY stuff was because he, he was like, I think you're being too hard on YouTube. Uh, there's actually like good things on YouTube. I've showed them to you, MJ. Like what, Dad? <laughs> there are these guys that go around with metal detectors out in the fields and they find guns from World War II that can no longer be fired. But hey, that's history. That's history. And that's crazy. He's just walking with this, with this, with this metal detector. Is he gonna find a landmine? Who could say? Is he gonna find a a, a car ninety eight K? Maybe with the bayonet on it. Uh, we'll find out. But uh, there's there's good stuff on there. There are these tow truck guys, MJ, in Canada. They have to keep people. Uh, in these faraway places to go off the road, like semi-truck drivers. And they ain't being mean. They ain't hurt nobody. They ain't talking about politics. And you know what? I'm sick of this politics shit. And then he would uh, later go on to speak to me for 45 minutes about politics as a dad would. Mm -hmm. But what's important here is, like, another grill-pilled man. Uh, He... He is a guy in the comment section that can't spell a fucking thing right, but he's not an asshole. Uh, and I'm very appreciative of that. I think 
I think my dad is the faggiest straight man I've ever met in my life with his fucking <laughs> with his fucking village people mustache. Uh, you know, I'm very glad to have him and my mother in my life, and I'm glad they enjoyed the podcast. Just show it to your parents. Show it to your parents. Show it to old people. This is the podcast for, for the young people, but also the really weird old people that comment on every news story on Facebook that they shouldn't. But it's like, you know what? We love you, baby. Don't you ever change. Uh, let your parents know if they want us to do an episode on uh, trick-taking card games. Uh, I know old people love that. Oh, dude, uh, if we had an episode about magic, no, forget no, about magic. it. Forget no. about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> No, not magic. It's not what I said. Card, sir? No, not it's what I said. Card? Not what I said. Not what I brought up. Oh, you mean performance magic? That's fine. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, let's get a magician. Let's get an actual we just get, form we just, of magic. I just refuse to talk about card games on this show. I don't know any magicians. That's weird. I know. I don't either. Yeah, you know wizards, but you don't know magicians. What the I know. Fuck? It's fucked. Hey, that's different. That's different. They're different. Just, just for some background here, uh, just to pull back the veil, I'm. You have a crystal guy, and not a crystal meth guy, but you have a guy of crystals, don't you? I do. Uh, I, you know, I haven't seen him in a few years because the the flea market at the laundromat on Capitol Hill hasn't been hasn't been active. Like, I don't even know if it's a thing anymore. But yeah, there's there's it a crystal definitely guy. Definitely isn't there. now. But well, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he used to go to, um used to go to Snoqualmie and go to the river and there's huge deposits of quartz points um and I think amethyst too just in the area so he'd like go out there old-timey prospector big beard and he'd just bring back buckets of these huge quartz points and he'd just sell them out of the bucket at the flea market it's amazing but yeah, I haven't seen him in a few years. I hope he's hope he's doing good. He does seem like one of those guys that's just going to live forever. So, I mean, you get enough crystals, who could say? That's true. Uh, on that note, as always, Michelle Perez, my buddy Ruben, my buddy Jake, and Eliza Gager. This has been working on it. Uh, we appreciate your listening. Uh, as of this recording you may notice that we have a twitter we're available on most uh popular avenues for you to listen to your podcasts tell your friends tell your enemies hey, stepping in to plug the actual uh specifics of those the twitter is yeah, at baby. working on it which is spelled with an e-r-k-w-e-r-k-i-n-a-w-n-i-t it's kind of a uh uh, re phonetic working of working on it. It just sounds like working Jake on it. Jake isn't doing uh, A A V E, in which case I would break a bottle over his head. But uh, we're just doing phonetics because I really I mean, like phonetics. Yeah, it's 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 literally an abbreviation. Um, that's the podcast, or that's the Twitter. The uh, the anchor.fm link is simply working on it with no G, W O R K I N on it uh, that will get you to all the subsequent links of platforms that you can find uh, for listening to our beautiful show hopefully if you're already here you know that but there we go yeah as i said tell your friends tell your enemies and uh you know if you don't like the podcast 
you fucking suck and I hate you. Or you're a discerning listener with great critical faculties and you have suggestions. If so, engage with our Twitter. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. We want to hear from you in earnest. And that's it, baby. That's the show. We hope you have a great rest of your day. I appreciate, as always, my collaborators working on this with me. And uh, you take it easy out there. It's hard out there. Have a good night.